This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Today on NASCAR America, it's Tuesday, which means scan all day. We get to hear all the late race chaos from Richmond. Casey Kane's crew chief, Travis Mack, joined the Dale Earnhardt Jr. download to tell the incredible story of how he unexpectedly delivered his own baby at home. And Matt DiBenedetto will join us to talk about his impressive finish at Richmond and reveal his throwback paint scheme for Darlington. Hi, I want to welcome to NASCAR America to a rainy Charlotte, North Carolina. I don't know if you can hear it above the oak table, but it is pouring outside here. In fact, the airport's shut down right now in Charlotte, but we're going to bring you a lot of sunshine here on NASCAR America. Sure. Marty Snyder, Kyle Petty, Nate Ryan joining us, and Nate's here because there's an interesting report out, Nate, with some potentially large impacts in the NASCAR world. SB Nation is reporting that Matt Kenseth will come back to Roush Fenway Racing and drive in the six car for selected races this season, replacing Trevor Bain. According to their report, the first race for Kenseth will be at Kansas in three weeks. Of course, Kenseth has not been in the car since the Miami race last year when he was not re-signed by Joe Gibbs Racing for 2018. He said at the time he would step away and only come back if the opportunity was right and it presented itself to him. Roush Fenway, by the way, does have a press conference for 10 a.m. tomorrow scheduled for the NASCAR Hall of Fame for what they are saying is, quote, a major NASCAR partner announcement. So, Nate, you've been studying all this. What does all this mean to you? Well, Marty, I checked with the team about the SB Nation report, asked if they would have any comment, and they said they were going to decline comment until tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Like you mentioned, they will have a news conference at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a major partner announcement is what Roush Fenway Racing is deeming that announcement. That's when they will address this 10 a.m. on Wednesday. And I've been told that there will be at least three or four people at that announcement and that one of them will be a former Roush driver. Hmm. Now, I haven't been given any names, but I think there will be some people at this announcement and we will have to see tomorrow morning who they are. Yeah, well, okay, so Kyle, let's, let's say this might be true. Does it make sense that this is something Matt Kenseth would do to come back for what a, a, appears to be a part-time ride? Okay, if, if, if it is Matt, if he's the guy we're talking about, does it make sense? He's the only one that knows whether it makes sense for him. He, when he left last year, he said, right situation for Matt Kenseth. He never mentioned the word retirement. Mm -hmm. He never said he was retired. He did not leave of his own accord. He did not leave the way he wanted to leave. I think he made that, that and when I say leave, I mean leave the sport the way he wanted to leave the sport. So um, he's been, obviously, at Roush. He knows the players. He knows everything about the place. He grew up there. He came of age there. He won championships. He won races there. So from all of those small pieces, it makes sense for a guy like, Jack, like Matt Kenseth to go back there, just as it would if Jeff Gordon came and said, I want to go back to Hendrick. Makes perfect sense. Uh, but only Matt can answer that question. Well, his skill set is clear. And, Kyle, you bring up a great point. He knows the organization yeah. so well. 
But again, it's a part-time deal. What can he really bring to Roush Fenway when he's only in the car a couple of times? Well, I, I think it remains to be seen, Marty, but certainly if we look historically, without speculating here, historically teams have put drivers in cars in order to benchmark yeah. where that car is. And you mentioned that the SB Nation report, Marty, identified Trevor Bain, that it would be his car. That car is 26th in points. It has not been up to snuff by Roush's standards. And certainly if, if they were a team that wanted to evaluate where that car stood, we've seen other teams do this where they put a driver in a car to, to see where it stacks up. Yeah, and, and you say even on a part-time basis, what could he bring? He brings so much. It's an intangible. Um, I, I think we saw it when he went to Joe Gibbs Racing. What did he bring there? That team just all of a sudden just took off. Was it all Matt Kenseth? No, but it's part Matt Kenseth. It's part that knowledge. It's part that experience. It's part that desire to run up front, to win races, to build something. And I think Matt felt like he had built something at Roush the first go-round. And really, I'm not sure that when he left and went over here, yes, he left. But I think he would have almost liked to have been like uh, a Jeff Gordon and spent his entire career at one organization. But when you look at it, the weak link at Roush Racing right now is the sixth car, is Trevor Bain in the sixth car. We've seen Ricky Stenthouse move the button needle, move the, move the ball forward a little bit. I think when we look at an organization, and you look at an organization that's trying to grow, and they've got two young drivers, there's got to be somebody in there that says, no, 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 come this way. Let's go this way. Matt Kenseth may be that guy. Is, is, he's the guy we're talking about. But, I mean, Carl Edwards may be that guy. You're Somebody right. else may be that guy. We could throw a number of names into that position. But back to your original question, that's what Matt can bring. He can bring that leadership, even if it's one race every four races, one race is every ten race, or one race every ten race, to say, hey, I think we need to go in this direction. Well, to add to all this mix, you know, you mentioned, Nate, maybe some former drivers being there. An interesting tweet last night <laughs> from Mark Martin that says he has some big news coming up this week. Click your heels three times. There's no place like home. Aha. A little further intrigue to the report and this tweet from Mark Martin. What do you guys make of that? Well, Mark Martin knows his Wizard <laughs> yeah. of Oz, yeah. clearly. Yeah. And They're if, doing a remake of Wizard of Oz at Roush Racing. Right. That's their big part. Right. I mean, I don't know. W- without speculating, yeah. we, we can certainly say that that refers to Kansas. Yeah. Right? And that's, that, that's the reference made in that movie. That movie yeah. is set in Kansas. So there's, there's no place like home. There's no so place like home. Roush so he's a Roush driver. We're not going to put two and two together yeah. because something is happening for sure. We'll all find out together tomorrow yes. morning, 10 a.m. Sound like a deal? So, hey, from one Matt to another, Matt the Benedetto will join us here for the rest of the show. Hey, there he is coming in NBC Charlotte. Told you it was raining outside. Oh, look, he's got a present for Kyle. He's going to sign the Wall of Fame here at NBC Charlotte. Matty D coming up next on NASCAR America. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Crown begins with the most exciting two minutes in sports, the Kentucky Derby. And for pe- perspective, Kyle, by the way, did you know Secretariat ran the fastest Kentucky Derby ever in 1973 at just under two minutes? You know what? In that amount of time, a stock car going 200 miles an hour would make five laps around a 1.25-mile track. And where is that 1.25-mile track? It's in uh, Kentucky. That's <laughs> what oh, the Kentucky I Derby it. is. It's the Kentucky Derby. Well, for, uh, the 1.25-mile yeah. track for NASCAR? Gateway. How about that? Hey, that was 
Yeah, that was, that was a good pull good. right there. That was a good pretty pull. Pretty good. That's yeah. how long the length is for Saturday. Can't wait for that. Excited for the Kentucky Derby coming up. As you can see, Matt Benedetto joining us here on NASCAR America. How you doing, man? Doing wonderful. How about yourself? All good. I, I thought it was your first visit to NBC Charlotte, but no. you tell me it's your second time. Number two here. now, yep. Number yeah, two. I'm a veteran. We appreciate you signing the wall. We'll talk about the goodies you brought later. But let's first talk about the 16th place finish at Richmond. Nice yeah. night for you guys. How did your uh, Saturday night go? It was good. We had a... Um, had a nice smooth weekend, and we uh, outraced a lot of people that, you know, in theory, if, if you're going by budget, that we, we definitely shouldn't. So makes us proud because it uh, makes other people probably a little mad when they see the 32 car going by and knowing yeah. that we run on a sixth of the budget of uh, the guys that we were driving by. Yeah, I, I, I want to ask a question on that. Is, is, you know, when we sit down and you look at four Gibbs cars, four Hendrick cars, stuff like that, realistically, you guys ought to be 22nd or 23rd, and I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. So when you run 15th or 16th and you pass those guys, compare that to it's almost like a win. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and I'm going to actually take it a step further. Honestly, if we're going by budget and pure numbers, I'd yeah. say we stack up probably 32nd, 3rd, yeah. 4th. Um, but we have really good people. We may not have a lot of people. We have some really yeah. good people. And uh, when we run 16th with no attrition, we just flat out raced 16th and out raced Hendrick cars, Gibbs cars, um, RCR cars, uh, the Penske cars, the list goes on and on. We do that. We can hold our heads pretty yeah. dang high. Yes. You mentioned the yeah. numbers. Let's take a look at the numbers in terms of employees. Look at this. 600-plus people at Hendrick <laughs> Motorsports, 550 at Joe Gibbs Racing, 16 at GoFast. I mean, that, that puts it in perspective, doesn't it, Kyle? <laughs> it, it, it really does. But like you say, you've got good employees. When you – the employees there, and we look at, at 600 and 550, and, and there's so much specialization – at your shop, does a guy do multiple jobs? Yeah, does he do bodies, interior? I mean, multiple things. Oh man, it's every person there carries so many hats. Yeah. It's crazy, and that's why they have to be so versatile. And our guys, our team is filled with a bunch of racers. They yeah. they have to be. We can't have okay, you're an engineer in the aero department working on this. We can't have that. Uh, these teams have more engineers than we have employees in our whole building and operation. So. All our guys do, they multitask so much, and I have so much respect for all of them. And we have, a, we have a cool group of just hardcore racers that genuinely love the sport, and that's why we all relate, because I live, eat, sleep, breathe racing only. Mm -hmm. That's the most yeah. important thing to me, and yeah. that's why we all get along so well, and we overachieve so much. Yeah. It's funny, you and I were talking about this before the show. When you're on a smaller team like that, how many times do you drive around and go, man, if I could just be in a Gibbs car or I could just be in a Stuart Haas car, well, I could do this. How many times do you think about that? So that's a tricky question. I want to make sure <laughs> well, that yeah. I answer correctly. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I totally know what you're saying. Uh, us, as a, as a super competitive racer, it's obviously satisfying going out there and being like, oh, man, we're driving by Hendrick car, Penske car, whatever it may be in our really underfunded car. That's satisfying. But at the same time, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you and, and say that, you know, I'm not out there running 16th and running really well. And knowing that it's eating me alive, like, man, if I was in that car, yeah, I could yeah. be running up yeah. front and, and competing for the win today. Um, so, yeah, you're proud, and our versions of wins are different. But, of course, any competitor, it's all I live for, man, is racing and wanting to win. So, yeah, you want to be in that position to be winning races. Yeah, you know, I, th I, think that, I think all drivers feel that way. All drivers look at the other guy and say, not envious, not from an envious standpoint, sure. no, and not, yeah. not, a, not a place that's going to eat you alive, but a place where you say, I could do just as good, if not better, in that car. Mm -hmm. just, I just need a shot. You know? And I think, I think you have to have that, that feeling that you can do it. 
Now, I want to go back. We did a thing last year, Racing Roots, with, with Kyle Larson. Um, and riding up to the speedway we went to, I can't remember, they put me in one of those little dirt <laughs> things. Did you guys go to Cycleland Speedway? Oh, Cycle yes, we, yes, we did. Yeah, that's where we grew up I, yeah. I, I will say this. For 45 minutes solid, he sang the praises of Matt Benedetto and how when he used to haul up there, if he could even run with Matt Benedetto, that was a big deal. If there was ever a day that came where he beat Matt Benedetto, that was going to be a huge deal for him. So it, there seems to be a mutual admiration society here. He has a ton of respect for you, and you've watched him come along uh, and, and do what, what he has done. Does that inspire you at the same time? It does. Dude, I have so much respect for Kyle, and uh, he is obviously uber talented. I call him a freak of nature yeah. <laughs> because of his talent level. But, yeah, we grew up racing together, and it's so neat for somebody that I have so much respect for um, and to see his progression yeah. to go and, and obviously someone that I competed with when I was a kid, for him to be in top-notch equipment and out there just you know running up front every single week. Um, but for him to have that kind of respect for yes. me as well and knowing the route that I've had to go about it, and for him going out of his way all the time to say those kind of things about me is really – Really special because yeah. I have that same admiration, if not more, for him. I, it's uh, it's cool to get that kind of praise from people that you look up to so much. Yeah, that's the on track stuff. Off the track, I have to praise you for how you use social media because yes. you have a lot of fun with it. I don't know that uh, scaring your wife on social media is maybe the best idea. Take a listen. <laughs> no, we're not starting that. Hey, what do I sound cool? Stop. <laughs> All right, so I figure I'd take a video of the late Valentine's Day present that I got Tay while I was down here in Daytona. All right. No, no. no I, don't, I don't like it. Why well, are you, you don't like your present? No. Here. What? I got it for you. Well, take it back. Here, come here, baby. It was a nice present. Ow. Pranking your wife like that may not be the best idea, although Kyle Petty all of a sudden has got a lot of ideas know, going on up good, there. Man. That's good. You're going to do something too. I, I like that. Uh, I that like that. Poor girl. <laughs> man, oh. pregnant. He probably will wait a little while on that one. So, but the, poor girl. Some fun stuff you do there. Obviously, you, you, you enjoy that media. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, I, I have a couple sides to me. Uh, the uber competitive just racer, and then also when I get away from the track, Poor girl, I, I have a little bit of a prankster side to me, and, and I don't I don't know why she doesn't put up with me, and I think she needs a little help on getting me back. I almost feel that bad where I'm like, okay, babe, come on, give me back. You can give her a few ideas, right? Yes. Right. You know, we always talk when we go to the shop that you always bring cookies and, and cupcakes for the guys at the shop, right? And Kyle always makes comment, you know, wait. You know, you've never, you don't bring me any cookies and cupcakes. What's the deal with that? He gets jealous. You're finally on jealous. set with I Kyle, and I understand you brought some goodies that we'll give him later in the show, correct? Yes. Yeah, he, I think it's much deserved at this point. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Look, coffee. We'll bring some coffee. We'll have some goodies. I'm good. So All what? Right. Do you, so this is a tradition you just always do. You bring, you bring, you know, treats for the guys to the shop. Yeah, pretty much every week. Uh, I, I can't take credit for the baking. That's my mother. She is the expert at that. So. Every week, go in there, reward the guys. Maybe sl I slow production down a little bit. But, yes, we uh, bring up some treats for the for 
doing such a good job. Okay, I want to get off the tweets and go back to the social media thing because we talk so much in the sport now about social mm-hmm. media, about young drivers using social media. Um, you, maybe more than anyone else, we can talk about Brad Kay and all his followers and talk about but you have monetized it. You took social media and took your sponsorship issues to the fans and made connections for Phoenix and have made connections along the way. We don't see a Ryan Blaney doing that. We don't see a Chase Elliott. That's a different part of who you are as a driver, who this team is as a team. How important has that been to put these videos out? Because it makes you seem authentic when you come back and say, hey, help me. You saw me prank my wife. Now help me run a race car. <laughs> it's, uh, it's such a good tool. And, and I think the way that I've had to go about this has made me appreciate everything so much more and work so much harder at everything. And that's a tool that I can have. Like, why would I leave that sitting and not do everything I can to to use it just to reach out to the fans? Fans have been a huge part of of me getting to where I am today. And uh, you never know the power of social media. And everything I do, though, the crazy thing is it's not like – None of that is planned. It's yeah. not like I'm like, all right, today's agenda is this. I'm just like, it's crazy how it explodes into what it is. Like, you know, when I, we, we reached out to the fans as a last-ditch effort for Phoenix, we were unsponsored. We need every little bit help, said our small team. I was just like, hey, maybe this will help. And, I, you know, my team and I talked. I was like, cool with that? Yeah, okay, sure. Let's just throw it out there. And yeah. then it just spread like wildfire. Incredible, man. Um, it, it's been an amazing tool. And, and I think it's authentic because I just try and be genuine in yeah. who I am and not plan it out. So yeah. it actually makes it a lot more authentic that way. Congratulations, man. That's really cool. Certainly one of the cool stories of this year to be able to generate that sponsorship from just a little social media. So, hey, still to come later in the show, Matt will reveal his Darlington throwback scheme, which may or may not have something to do with one of our current NBC announcers. Stay tuned for that coming up on NASCAR America. But next, Cup Crew Chief Travis Mack joined Dale Earnhardt Jr. for the download to recap one of the craziest off-track stories you'll ever hear. You know, you're a two-time father, right? That's right. You also delivered your own child. That's right. So Not on purpose. Not on purpose. (laughs) Tomorrow at 5 p.m. on NASCAR America, it's Wednesdays with Dale Earnhardt Jr. He'll be joined by Rick Allen, Jeff Burton, and Steve Letarte. And Jr. will reveal the secret to winning at Talladega, plus a big announcement about the next chapter of his life. That's interesting. That'll be tomorrow on NASCAR America. Matt, I hope you're ready to take some notes on the winning Talladega part of that. Absolutely. Right? I want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, right. I want to hear that piece. Things, right? <laughs> hey, speaking of Dale Earnhardt Jr., for many years, Travis Mack was Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s car chief. And even after 15 years in the garage area for Mack, nothing could have prepared him for the arrival of his daughter, Tegan. Here's this week's installment of the Dale Jr. Download. So in the studio today, Travis Mack. How you doing? Travis, thank you for coming in. Yeah, man. And the reason why that we brought Travis in here <laughs> is because I'm sure, you know, you're a two-time father, right? That's right. And you're going to have all kinds of great advice about fathers-to-be like myself, but you also delivered your own child. That's right. So Not on purpose. Not on purpose. <laughs> all, right, all right, so let's get right into that. Was there no warning? Like, I know you guys, you guys were planning to go to... <laughs> The hospital, right? That's y'all right. are going to. That's right. This is not a plan to. That's right. To have the baby in your well, house. You know, they Why tell you, you all this stuff leading up to it. You're going to start contractions, right. and then, you know, like a day later, you have the baby at the hospital. Okay. You know? So you know, the first kid, we started contractions. You know, they were pretty far apart the whole first day. Went to the hospital the next morning, and then we had the baby that day. So I was thinking this one was going to kind of lay out the same way. So y'all were like, okay, you know, we got a little time. Yeah, we got some time. Let's. No you rest. know, I started getting the 
bags next to the door, that kind of stuff. Right, because I asked my doctor, uh, like, last week, like, what's the mistake a lot of people make when they come here and you send them home? So mm-hmm. I want to know, like, do I need to be panicked? He's like, oh, man. You know, it's, he laid it out like we were going to be able to have, you know, relax. Oh, don't kill yourself trying to get to the That's hospital. right. That's what they tell you. That's what they preach to you. They don't want you coming in there too early. They right. don't want you they sitting there for two no, days at the hospital don't. taking up a room, you know? Okay. So that's what was beating to my wife's head. Like, don't come to the hospital too early. Like, and stay so, home but, in your environment. <laughs> be comfortable. She All took right. that to the extreme. Yeah, right, for sure. <laughs> when did it trigger in your mind this was happening in the house? <laughs> well, leading up to that, they're like, yeah, take your time. Put her in the bathtub. Get her nice and comfortable. You know, call me back when they get closer together. You know, they were still pretty wait, far wait, wait. apart. Get her in the bathtub. Yeah. Just, okay. just you put them in a warm bathtub, and it's supposed to help their contractions, make them relax, you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah. get them in the bathtub. I start making plans because I have my other kid. She's two at the time. She's asleep in the other room. Jeez. We had plans to call her mother, and so she could come over and watch that kid while we went to the hospital. So I started calling her. Of course, she didn't pick up. You know, she Aww. promised she'd pick up, right? <laughs> Come on. So, Were you we, angry as hell? Again? Uh, I was. I wasn't really mad at the time. I was just I get frustrated mad when Mike doesn't answer my FaceTime. I can imagine how mad you were at that moment. Yeah. You know, it was like eleven o'clock at night. So, pick up your phone. You know, what are you doing? You're sleeping. Pick up your phone. So I started calling a little more panic. You know, like pick up your phone, pick up your phone. Never got an answer. Next thing you know, she was having two back to back, real close, real tight. Nah, that's when I was like, we got to go. I started calling neighbors. I was trying to call every neighbor I had. Couldn't get anybody to pick up. I'm getting everything ready. I'm trying to figure out what we're going to do with my other kid so we could get to the hospital. All of a sudden, she's in the bathroom. She starts screaming. She's like, it's really bad. She's like, I'm having this kid right now. I'm like, are you serious? She comes out of the bathroom, lays on the floor. I'd say 30 seconds later, we had the kid. Holy wow, God. no. Yeah, crazy, crazy, what? crazy, crazy fast. I guess that kind of answers a question that I had was, so you had no direction during this whole process like a doctor or you were no, y'all on no. the, you weren't on I didn't the, even have my phone I, I think I set my phone down on the bed when she started screaming you know everything's going through your mind like you're just concerned about her and the baby and and just didn't want anything bad to happen so it was crazy the first one took a couple hours of labor so this one I mean I just caught it <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to insult or piss anybody off by this but in my Totally, completely uneducated mind. There's still more to do. Oh, yeah. You know, and, yeah, and again, like sure. you're not on the phone with somebody going, all right, this is what you got to do next now. No, I never got on the phone yet. Right. So, yeah. how, Alexa, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, it was before Alexa. So. How, did you, how did you manage that situation? Luckily, it was my second kid. So, yeah. you know, I saw the first one happen, and it was just a lot messier. Wait, did, you call, messier. did you call like a. Uh, 911 or doctor, did I you did. have somebody walking you through this? No, no, no. Really? What? Never got on the phone yet. Right. Didn't even That's have my phone with me. Asking. Yeah, I didn't even have my he's phone. He's not been on the phone the whole time, no, even not after once. the baby's out. Not once. So, so you knew how like how to cut the cord? No. Like, I don't get We'll that. get to that. Um, so we get the baby. I knew we had to wrap the baby up. The baby seemed real cold. Wife was, you know, sitting there bleeding. So luckily we were right next to our cabinet with all of our fresh white linen towels. They're beautiful. They're from our wedding. So <laughs> I start ripping them all out. I bet I had 20 of them, but it looked like a murder scene. Like, what do I do now? So I got my phone, called 911. It felt like an eternity. The 911 operator, I was struggling to get her to realize we what? just had the baby. Yeah. And I was telling her, you know, we just had the baby in our bathroom. And she's like, how far along is your wife? So oh. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, we're due like next week. We just had the baby. Like, the baby is here. Can you get to the hospital? I'm like, ma'am, 
the baby is here. She's like, is that the baby crying? I'm like, yes, the baby is here, physically here. Tell me what to do with the umbilical cord. So she's like, okay, you need to get a shoestring and tie it off a few inches away from the baby. This so is I was like, awesome. I run to the closet. Okay, this is the crazy stuff that goes through your mind, right? I'm debating on what pair of shoes I'm going <laughs> to wear my shoestring, right? I just, my wife was just telling me about cleaning out my closet. So I only had the shoes I really liked in my closet. So I had that thought just cross my mind for a split second. Then I was like, no, you know, it doesn't matter. So I what just found pair a pair of shoes. Do I want to sacrifice <laughs> yeah. for this? The shoestrings are going to be I gone. I just bought those. <laughs> so I got that, tied it in a knot real tight, uh, far enough away from the baby. She talked me through that. So at this point, I finally get a hold of my neighbor, finally call her husband, and he picked up the phone. And I was like, get her over here now. And he's like, what's going on? I was like, just get her here now. And I hung up. It felt like an eternity. My wife knew what to do. She was all into breastfeeding and stuff. So she actually started feeding the baby there. You know, she was keeping her warm. And at this point, we're like, this is amazing. Like, this is an amazing experience. This is when it, like, hit us. Like, everything's going to be okay. And that's when it was, like, an amazing experience. Like, holy crap. We just delivered our baby in the bathroom. <laughs> wow. My final <laughs> kind of question on this is, so paratroopers from World War II or fighter pilots, gold medal winners in the Olympics. All these people have had a unique experience in life that other people, normal people, don't have. So this, you're, in, you're sort of in that same boat where you, when you go to the grocery store and look around, you and your wife standing there, you know that no one in that place, no other wives and husband combos in the grocery store have done what you've done. That's right. What about your relationship with your wife changed having gone through that experience together? How do you look at her? How does she look at you? You know, I mean, I've always known she's a strong woman. And after that experience, it just, uh, wow, you know, the things that women could do is a miracle. Like, we would have freaked out, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I guess her looking at me just saying I could take control of the situation and be calm in the situation and try to get through all that. You know, we just look at each other that way. And it's definitely a bond now after that, you know. Yeah. You can about go through anything after that. By the way, little Tegan just turned two a couple of months ago, and I wish you could have watched all three of us watching that because we're all like this, riveted yes. to that story. What an incredible story that these guys, that, that Travis Mack went through. Now, you're an expectant father. Were yes. you taking notes to that? Yes, I put, I put down at the top of my list, shoestrings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> warm tub shoestrings. That's what I got out of that thing, I'm it's telling you. It's fantastic to hear stories that these guys go through in the garage area, isn't that, it? That, that is, and I, I agree with, with what Dale Jr. said. When you walk in a room and look around, there's very few people you're ever going to walk in and say, oh, yeah, you see that guy over there? He and his wife delivered a baby. That, you're not part of that. That is an elite group somewhere. Listen, can you imagine, you know, the adrenaline we have before a race? That's not like 1% of what I would have <laughs> in exactly a situation right. like that. That's I would right. freak out, yeah. potentially pass out. I think uh, he's a much much better guy than yeah, me because I don't better. know if I could have made True. it through a situation yeah. like that. Travis Mack, right? Yeah, that, that was pretty, yeah. that was pretty hat, good. Dude. All right, to the on-track stuff now. Saturday night's Richmond race had a lot of green flag racing early. But up next, Scanall picks up when the action did, including a little scrap between teammates on the racetrack. Watch him here. He's coming up here. He's probably not happy with you. Nope, he's not happy with the 42. He's wrecking his teammates. Kyle Busch going for three in a row. He won at Texas. He won at 
Crystal, and tonight he will win the Toyota Owners 400 at Richmond Raceway in Virginia. Yes, awesome job, guys. Hell yeah. Great work, Nick Crew. You guys want this one? My name's Joe Carlson. I'm the tire carrier on the M&M's uh, 18 Camry. Our pit stops are really good today. Uh, even our rear changer had the stomach flu, and uh, he fought through it, and, and we got it done. We heard Kyle say it. The 18 team came through for Rowdy on Saturday night, putting him in the lead with 30 laps to go and keeping him there on the last stop of the night with 10 to go. And there's the guys who made it happen. Here are more of the sights and sounds from the 18's latest win. It's Scandal Richmond starting with the late race yellows. Back in Richmond, Virginia with Martin Truex Jr. leading. Oh, trouble turn four. Caution, caution, back it down. Watch the bottom, watch the bottom, watch 17. Holy, they're still spinning. 17, got it. What happened? Went straight into three, cleaned us all out. Still there, one. Oh, Jamie McMurray, hard in the wall. He's not there anymore. What do you want to put us in the wall? My car is all up. Smoke is boiling off Newman's Chevy. No caution, keep digging here. You got a hold of the wall for Need to get by the one here. We're making it across this 31. Yellow though, yellow though. We should be ahead of them there, but when they called the yellow, we were ahead. So lucky dog. 42. Watch him here, he's coming up here. He's probably not happy with you. Nope, he's not happy with the 42. He's wrecking his teammate. Is he the one that crashed us? 42 drove by me a little bit, but 41's the one that got us. Jamie's trying to tear up my car now. I got damage on my left side from him. I don't know what that's about. Just let him go. They just gave us the free pass. It's not our fault. He got in a wreck. If he wants to be mad at anybody, make sure he's mad at the right guy. Let's say Chip ain't going to be real happy with either one of them. That's pathetic. Uh, I don't know how we can be that good for 200 laps and that bad after that. Whatever you did right there was too loose taking off, like air pressure-wise. I think we should put that back. I think the track's changing. It's getting freer. It took a long time for it to get going. All right, I'll put it back. I think we're doing the wrong thing. I'll put it back, though. Truex is catching the leader. We have to go. We just fun, guys. We just fun. Cushions out here. Cushions out. Here's the money stop. Here they come. They all fit. Looks like they all fit. I think we can wave here. We're going to lead left. 23 on the lead lap. Here we go, four tires. They had a huge problem on that stop. He's going to lose about 10 spots. All right, all right. Sorry, man. That ended his night. Here we go. Green flag is out. Six to go. Kyle Bush is gone. Four right up front of you. Damn it. Come on. Looks like bumper cars. Everybody <laughs> bumping into each other. 48 was a bulldozer right there. I can't steer my car. I can't drive it. I can't get off the corner. I'm just in everybody's way. Car in the wall, Stenhouse, turn three. Sorry, guys, I killed us, sir. Made too many mistakes. Four to go, four. Cool them off for this, take us to overtime. We'll just do the opposite here, Martin. If they, uh, if they all stay out, we'll come pit. I don't think anybody will pit now, will they? He's behind us on the lead lap. Uh, there's a lot. Oh, we're coming. Come on. No behind us, we're coming either. All right, eight red. Everybody stay, but true X. A bad night heads for worse for I mean, Martin Truex. Everything was going so well. Dumb. Sorry. All right. Just trying. I thought we dragged something. Bad call. Yeah, I can see them not coming, Cole. That's what I'm saying. I could have stayed out. I already apologize, Martin. I don't know what else to say. In the front of the field, trying to go three in a row. Kyle Busch. Good, but three. Yeah, buddy. 
That's something else right there. Proud of you, buddy. Kyle Busch is the winner. Awesome job, guys. Hell yeah. Great work, pit crew. You guys won this one. Where'd we finish, Pepper? P16. Good job today, guys. Freaking outran the out of some good cars. Thought you sucked, you rich. I don't know. Thanks for making me like this place. That was, that was cool to pass people all day. You are the man, Randy. We might keep you around for a little bit. I, I agree with Randy. Didn't you tell me you didn't like Richmond at one point? Wait a minute. That I just now good, remember man. that. Wait, that was well, good you hated that like race that. track. That was a good scan all right here. <laughs> that was fun. Good way to end it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Richmond has been not so pleasant to me in the past. Haven't had uh, good race cars, and we joked about it all leading up to it, and, and he definitely, uh, Randy, turned that around for us a little bit. How chaotic was the end of that race with yeah. all the cautions and everything going on in the restarts? Man, it was crazy because a lot of the race was so smooth. Everything was so smooth for us. I'm like, something's got to, something's got to give. This is too. We're just out racing people too easy. We've separated ourselves. We were a lap, a lap or two ahead of a lot of guys we were racing because we were so good in the long run. And then I was like, something's going to happen. Sure enough, then the cautions come out. Then yeah. some guys were able to catch up to us and get. We we got on the lead lap. But then other people that were laps behind us got on our lap. And I was like, man, we lost that cushion, but we were able to still out race them. But it was just kind of nuts and three wide for the last on the last restart the whole time mm. that's crazy I, I mean I, i've seen the indy cars run three wide there and i've seen the trucks try three wide there yeah. but the cup guys pre- did it pretty regular after some of these restarts what was it like to be on the outside that one shot we see you're on the outside yeah i was three wide top for uh, two laps straight yeah. and I actually i was kind of I, I don't want to say mad but i was a little <laughs> upset as a competitor i was like oh we can pick off a couple more because my car we bumped pressures up and it was it took off really well i was on the outside they all were kind of stacking up on the bottom i'm like i got this and i just drove around the outside and we could have picked off a few more spots but i got squeezed yeah. um off of two up in the fence by the three and a couple it just yeah. racing no big deal but um it was just totally nuts but really hectic i'm like man that would suck if we crashed after (laughs) such a solid day but you're also going for it so three in a row for kyle bush and kyle they've done it at different types of racetracks they've done it different ways as well i want to hear your perspective on that and i want to hear from you matt what you think makes that team so good right now yeah i you know i look at them and i'm I'm gonna say this i look at them last year um and, and everybody made the comments you know the toyotas they didn't start strong last year um but they finished strong, and, and obviously, but they, they didn't start strong. But Kyle Busch was strong the first part of last year. Left over, left, run the tires off the thing, had mm-hmm. pit stop issues. I mean, he was a top, a lead lap car, a winning car, a car that had, had won stages and stuff, but would take themselves out on pit stops or take themselves out on mistakes on the racetrack. Meanwhile, Truex is lapping the field and, and winning everything. This year, it's reversed. We see Truex. We saw his pit stop issues. We've seen those guys be able to run up front and lead laps. They're not being able to capitalize. Kyle Busch this year is capitalizing, and that team is capitalizing on races that last year they would have lost. They would have lost these races last year. Something would have happened to them. Uh, But they're doing it on all different types of racetracks, as you say. And when you can do it on all different types of racetracks and you're catching those breaks, you got to ride that wave. Yeah, so obviously it's a total team effort. But in my opinion, from a driver's perspective, the guys that you look at that are that good, in my opinion, yeah. uh, over all the years that are just, you know, you have your good race car drivers, everybody at the Cup Series is good. But the people that are that good, like a Kyle Busch, in my opinion, it's because they live, eat, sleep, yeah. breathe racing. That's all they care about is racing. They're just racers. And that, in turn, I think, makes your whole team feed off of that as well. So then you have a really good team that also feeds off that energy, and that's why they perform so dang well. Yeah. It's hard to beat good guys point. like that.
Good point. Getting that fourth in a row, though, might be a little different this weekend well, at Talladega. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit of gambling this week. <laughs> Talladega, not the same case. Exactly right. Hey, when we return on NASCAR America, is the way that NASCAR fans view Kyle Busch changing from Dell Jr.'s podcast last week to joining the fans in the grandstand at Richmond? Pete Pistoni from Sirius XM will join us next. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. All rise for Premier League mornings at the Theater of Dreams. Manager Arsene Wenger leads Arsenal against Manchester United for the final time in a storied career. Sunday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern on NBC. SN. Of course, Man U and Arsenal of two of soccer's most legendary clubs in NASCAR. Kyle Busch is putting together what could be a legendary season with seven straight top three finishes and, of course, the last three ending in trips to victory lane. For more on the 18-team success, let's bring in the co-host of the Morning Drive on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, my friend Pete Pistoni. Hey, welcome back to NASCAR America, Pete. This is great. Happy to be back. I thought this was the theater of dreams, though, Marty. I'm happy to be back here. <laughs> Well, it's, it's great having you here as well, Pete. And, of course, it's a theater of dreams, always on NASCAR America. You know, you and Mike Bagley here from France every morning on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. So what's been the reaction from the fans to Kyle Busch now winning three straight races and the incredible start the 18 team has been on this season? You know, surprisingly, I think to a degree, a lot of folks are now embracing what Kyle Busch is doing. There's never been a question, Marty, as you know, about the talent of Kyle Busch. He's won three in a row. He's a future Hall of Famer but he's always been that polarizing figure in this sport. Well, I don't know if it's because of that podcast that he did with Dale Earnhardt Jr. last week, where those two guys buried the hatchet, but I think we're hearing from a lot of people, we heard from a lot of people, that now think that Kyle Busch maybe is someone they can warm up to. So, I, listen, he's never going to win the most popular driver award probably in the sport, but I think a lot of people are embracing what Kyle Busch is doing. And right now, like Kevin Harvick did to start the year, he's got three in a row now in the win column. Hey, so, you know, speaking of that podcast, I mean, I think it maybe changed perspective on Kyle Busch. And then you see him after the race going into the stands with the fans. I mean, he would have never done that a few years ago, Pete. So do they have a different perspective, perspective of what Kyle Busch is right now and what he could become? You know, I, I think we're starting to see that, Marty. I really do. We're hearing from more people that call the show that say, listen, they always start the conversation, well, I'm not a Kyle Busch fan, but, and then they go on to say how good he is behind the wheel. But I think what we saw on Sunday Maybe that's a little bit more of a thawing of the relationship that he had with some fans who were a little cold toward him. And maybe there's an embracing of Kyle Busch because of that burying of the hatchet with Dale Jr. We'll see. If he wins six in a row, maybe people won't like him as much. But we'll see what happens this week at Talladega. You know, Nate Ryan had a great perspective earlier this week on NBCSports.com where he talked about that last caution. Let's dive into the race a little bit more. Were you surprised and were the fans surprised? More teams did not pit on that last caution at Richmond. Yeah, I'm on the same page as Nate. When you looked at that race, Marty, there was no way anybody was going to catch Kyle Busch. There was no way anybody was going to catch maybe Martin Truex Jr. until he had that problem on pit road. I was really surprised that more drivers and teams didn't maybe roll the dice, go for two tires, go for no tires, for track position, and then see how things played out. Because we all, we all know with this playoff format, you get a win, you're in. And I really thought maybe somebody would try to steal a win on Saturday night. It didn't turn out that way. It did surprise me. Uh, tire wear was key. I don't know how long those old tires would have lasted, mm -hmm. but I thought at the very minimum, a couple of people would have maybe 
rolled the dice a little bit. We didn't see that, and Kyle Busch went to victory lane pretty much unchallenged there at the end of that race. Well, speaking of cautions, we went a long time at Richmond without a caution. So what do fans really think of the racing that's kind of been developing this year because we're seeing these long green flag runs? You know, I think it's interesting. It's a trend, certainly, and you can't just point to Richmond where we only had a few of those. Certainly, I think we've seen this at the beginning of the year. We saw it at Martinsville, of all places, where we had minimum cautions there. There was some good racing going on. There's, there's no doubt about that at Richmond. And I think the fans are, on the one hand, happy that we're not getting debris cautions, where maybe they felt that was a little bit unnecessary at times. But on the other hand, and we saw it at Bristol, Marty, when you get more cautions, you get more restarts. When you get more restarts, you get more side-by-side -side racing, and maybe you get more contact. So I think the fans are a little bit split by this, but I can tell you this, it seems like overwhelmingly the racing they saw at Richmond on Saturday night, the fans seemed to really like it. And, you know, I thought we saw some really good side-by-side -side racing for a lot of that night. You know, Pete, I have a funny feeling they're going to like the racing they see this weekend at Talladega. I know you and the MRN crew excited to get there. So what are the odds we see Kyle Busch win his fourth straight this weekend? That's a tough place to go and trying to get your fourth straight win. Yeah, well, Kyle himself, he was asking Victory Lane about that on uh, Saturday Night Marty, and he said, you got a better chance of winning the lottery than winning four in a row at a place like Talladega. I think it's going to be fun. It always is. Kyle will certainly be in the mix. This is a racetrack, as we all know, when you go to Daytona and Talladega, you have chances to see things happen that sometimes you don't see on a regular basis. Case in point, a year ago when Ricky Stenhouse Jr. won this race. But you know what? There are still drivers out there in teams that I think are always good at plate tracks. And right now, I think if you look at the Team Penske group of Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano, and now Ryan Blaney, who was good when he was with the Satellite Penske team at the Wood Brothers, now he's in-house. To me, those are the guys you're going to have to watch up front. But Kyle Busch will be in the mix. I think everybody will be in the mix. And it should be, as usual, a typical wild day down there in Talladega, Alabama on Sunday afternoon. All right, Pete, good to have you back on NASCAR America. Looking forward to having you for the rest of the year. Appreciate you joining us today. Always fun, Marty. Thanks for having me. When NASCAR America returns, Matt DiBenedetto reveals his throwback scheme for the Southern 500 at Darlington. Last year, he paid tribute to Bobby Allison. Who will it be this year? Find out next. For the last two seasons, Matt DiBenedetto has joined the throwback fun on Southern 500 weekend at Darlington. In 2016, he drove a retro orange crush paint scheme. Last year, he honored Hall of Famer Bobby Allison with a scheme inspired by his Miller High Life car from Allison's win on the 1988 Daytona 500. So that brings us to 2018. Matt, what do you have for us this year? You have no clue how excited <laughs> I am about this one. I've been wanting to do this one for a while. So... This actually has a backstory on it, and this is what got me into NASCAR and into racing. And the first car that I liked, I bought the die-cast cars for. So this is, like, really close to my heart and my family. So I'm actually going to be driving what was Jeff Burton's number 99 Exide oh, cool. Batteries car back in the early 90s Look when I that. first started watching it. Look That's at that. nice. You did a good job. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got it. So CorvetteParts.net is our sponsor, and they always want to sponsor the throwback uh, race at Darlington. So we're glad to have them on board, but and it was uh, it was so cool that they allowed me to actually pick this one and, and do this. Yeah. And there's such a cool story behind it. I grew up 
and I loved that car. All I'd talk about every week was the 99 Exide Batteries car, and, <laughs> and my dad, uh, when none of my family ever watched NASCAR, you know, I'm the first generation guy, my dad's like, what do you want to watch this for? And I was like, I want to watch that car, and I loved watching it every week. It was so pretty, as you guys can see. Yeah, that's cool. And it's, uh, and you know, I have a lot of respect for Jeff. I yeah. looked up to him. He was a hero, you know, growing up, so it's, it's so cool. I get to run that car on track. Like, who would ever thought, yeah. you know, growing up, and watching that car and being such a fan that I'm actually going to get to to drive a car in, in uh, his his old paint scheme and to run it at Darlington too, where he had so much success. Yes. So Jeff couldn't yeah. be here today, by the way, but he did tape a special message for you. Here's Jeff Burton giving you a little well wish. Hey everybody, uh, really cool news coming uh, from Matt today. You know that's a uh, it's really exciting for me that that 2000 uh, paint scheme was really really popular with with Jeff Burton fans and. Uh, that Exide Racing Team fans uh, back in the day. A lot of good things happened that year. We won several races. I uh, had great races with Jeff Gordon that year, Darlington, and, and also at Richmond. Uh, really, really fun year and a real honor, really. Uh, I want to thank Matt and all of his team for uh, choosing that paint scheme. That's a, uh, it really is cool for me and everybody that was involved in that team to, to see that race car back on the racetrack again. I hope Matt can have as much luck with it at Darlington as we did. Uh, that car was always really fast at Darlington. And, Again, very cool today, um, and uh, really looking forward to seeing that car on the racetrack. That's got to be cool that to hear cool. Jeff give you a little well yeah. wish on the paint scheme. So you didn't cool. know that was coming. No, that is awesome, man. It's just like I'm still a race fan at heart, you know. That's yeah. and to, who would ever thought this moment would come and getting uh, you know some nice words from Jeff Burton himself to to me and me being able to run that car. This is I'm. The coolest story and one of the coolest things I've <laughs> yes, ever gotten that, to do in NASCAR. That's special. All right, now we've promised Kyle your cinnamon rolls please, from your mom please. after all yes, this time. Please, you the finally get all the jealousy. Look at this. Uh, Kyle. Always this made, is mine. This whole thing is mine. No. <laughs> always made by your mom, right? Uh, yes, my mother is the baker. And here, should we should we tuck this in please. for you? You know what this is? Sugar. <laughs> yes. Straight right. up sugar, dude. He's set now. Now yeah. he cannot complain anymore about no. the fact that you don't no, bring him cupcakes, you don't bring him cookies mm -hmm. or anything. Oh, is how, it? how does mom do, Kyle? Mm -hmm. Very good? Mm -hmm. She's a good baker. That's good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you got to eat the whole tray. You're part of the club now, Kyle. You're part of the club, you know? That, that tray is for Kyle. There's another tray for everybody else here. Hey, Sugar. man, thanks for being here. I know Kyle, Kyle yeah, thank appreciates you He's really glad I was here today now. Oh. Yeah, exactly. We appreciate you being on NASCAR America today. Fun stuff, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Good luck, man. Good luck great, at Kyle. Great to have you around. Hey, that's going to do it for NASCAR America today. Special thanks to Matty D for joining us on the show. Tune in tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern, Wednesdays with Dell Jr. Until then, go to NBCSports.com for the latest NASCAR news. Thanks for watching us here on NASCAR America. We'll see you tomorrow at 5. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.